Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to the wrestling podcast. It's wrestling spot W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E, of course, me and G, we're not anti-E. We're simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey. And folks, welcome back to the wrestling podcast. We've got another interview for you today. A very exciting one indeed. Uh, one that we didn't quite expect to happen as we were recording this very podcast in preparation for Friday's release. And all of a sudden, hinges were blown off a door that we did not know was there. A forbidden door, if you like. And uh, somebody walked through it. Somebody very unexpected indeed, Gareth. Yes, absolutely. We were joined by a very special guest, somebody that we've been listening to for uh, on and off for 20 plus years at this point. And he was an absolute delight. I'm speaking of none other than New Japan Pro Wrestling's English commentator, Kevin Kelly. The voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, no less. Yeah, as Gareth said, we've been watching and listening to Kevin for a long, long time. Way back when The Rock was making him stick his own finger up his nose. Oh, good times. Great memories. But uh, yeah, Kevin's doing big things now. He's arguably uh, one of the main reasons why New Japan is such a huge international force these days with the prevalence of its English output and how Mm. that's performed. And I suppose that really links into what's going down this weekend, which is, of course, the crossover show, AEW and New Japan present Forbidden Door, which is going down in Chicago on Sunday. Super looking forward to that one. And yeah, what a treat to get Kevin on the podcast. I had to sit this one out, but Gareth, I've had to listen to this. It's a brilliant podcast. It's one of my favorites, actually. I really enjoyed it. Very kind. Yeah, I think a lot of that hinges on Kevin. The supremely easy man to get along and chat with. can see why when wrestlers guest on commentary what you know why they you know you can tell he just is so fantastic at stringing along good conversation and getting good stuff out of people and it really shows here in this interview i think yeah he was carrying you along to a five-star match (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) anyway without any further ado let's chuck it over to gareth and the voice of new japan pro wrestling kevin kelly Thank you, Liam. And we're now joined by none other than commentary legend and current New Japan Pro Wrestling English commentary whiz. It is none other than Kevin Kelly. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. Thank you very much. Chris Jericho will probably take offense to be me being called a whiz. Yeah, but, yes. uh, it's uh, it's great to be with you. And, uh, you know, again, we got so much to talk about. There's so much going on in wrestling. It's crazy right now. It's so crazy. Like, that's a big part of why... Uh, Liam and I started up uh, the wrestling podcast to talk about, you know, because there's so much and I think the spotlight really gets shone on WWE, AEW, you know, we, we wanted to look at everything else because there's just so much going on and especially in New Japan right now. Yeah, it's an exciting time. You know, we uh, we just after wrapping up the best of Super Junior tournament and then Dominion where a new world champion was crowned and Switchblade Jay White. Then we moved to the New Japan Road. We have a spectacular main event. Uh, with Taiji Ishimori mm. outlasting Hiromu Takahashi when all of a sudden, who returns? Kushida. Yes. So, it, it, again, that's just one of the many stories that are going on in wrestling right now with a, a tangential shift away from WWE as mm. the, the true power and dominant force in uh, garnering always the best wrestling talent in the world. Absolutely. And, and now there are so many other options. Kushida coming back home at the perfect time. Yeah, it, it couldn't be better, really, could it? It's lovely to have him back in the New Japan folds. It's, uh, you know, and it's one of those things where he had accomplished everything he could accomplish and wanted to kind of complete his wrestling journey. Mm. I always believed he would come back. Yeah. And but then you you never 
say, oh, well, well, now's the time. And then, of course, you know, when he when he stepped away and and we had hoped we had thought maybe, but didn't know when. Mm. And now all of a sudden he's back and and a challenger for Taiji Ishimori. And who knows what will happen in the future? But it's just it's so exciting. It's much like Kenta in that respect. You know, he needed to stretch his legs and give America a go. And we're all too pleased to have have them back in the fold now, uh, back in Japan. No doubt about it. You know, the Kushida, of course, had, you know, great matches in NXT. And and then at the the tail end of his run there was kind of doing some different stuff, which Mm. uh, stretches legs. I think it's good because Kenta came back a different wrestler, a different type of wrestler Mm. and really leaned into uh, expressing his character in different ways, as we saw in so many of those post-match comments Absolutely. where he, he took it as almost like a long form uh, diary to mm. be able to create issues, to uh, entertain and to do different things in. It had a sports entertainment feel, Absolutely. but it was, you know, anything but some, you know, corny nonsense that they do in <laughs> WWE. Yeah, of course. Well, so let's get down to business here. So we'll start with Strong. So that's really a project that's gone from strength to strength. How impressed have you been with uh, the growth of Strong since it started? Just think of how it started. It was mm. it was a, uh, a something to do during the pandemic to give uh, viewers, fans, and uh, something to watch. Some wrestlers who were, you know, otherwise not really doing anything. Let's bring them into a closed set. We won't yeah. have any people. And now it's turned into another brand of, of wrestling competition in a crowded landscape in America, but it, it has really gained a foothold and uh, solid numbers and, and continues to be uh, a, a real solid option week in, mm. week out for viewers who want to see just great wrestling and, uh, you know, with a New Japan flavor and New Japan stars sprinkled in, but yeah. getting to see some great American independent wrestlers and some wrestlers from AEW and and, you know, uh, mixed in with the Young Lions and the up-and-comers. So it, it's yeah. a it's a great show. I really think, you know, some guys that weren't getting that spotlight shone on them really have through Strong. Um, the one that immediately springs to mind that I just think is fantastic, Danny Limelight. He's really had a good, really good showing in Strong. Oh, part of Team Filthy. You know, look, yeah. at what, look at what Tom Lawler has done. And now in the G1, I don't think Tom Lawler would have been ever in the G1 were it not for mm. his his dominance on strong. And yeah. and you look at uh, Tom Lawler, you look at Fred Rosser, look at look at the way uh, Hikaleo has has grown and blossomed and, and continue to improve. While at the same time, we get to see Ren Narita and Yu Yu Omura in on their excursions yeah. and how they're how they're taking to, uh, you know, an American style, a, a, a different you know, basically leaving home, going to mm. America. And I talked to you, Omura, who said he loves it. He loves being That's in the so United good. States, loves being in Southern California. How could mm. you not love it? And I think it's really interesting as well, because so often the uh, young lions going out on excursion, it kind of happens effectively behind closed doors in the sense that a lot of the time the shows they're competing on aren't necessarily available to watch. So they kind of come back from their excursion, you know, like a kind of unknown quantity. And I think it's really interesting being able to kind of watch that development in real time. I agree with you. It's a now with everything being streamed and everything being available, you know, we can see how Shota Umino and Yota Suji have been doing in Rev Pro. Yeah, you know, we can see those 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 matches on RPW on demand.com. And 
Strong, of course, available and the guys getting opportunities on AEW. So we're watching their growth because people love the Young Lions, right? Yeah, absolutely. They love they love the underdog and they love the story of somebody who's grown, you know, from seed, putting it in the ground, water, care, and all of a sudden it blooms and blossoms and Mm -hmm. hopefully into this beautiful flower, this, you know, perennial that continues to uh, grow every single season. So that's where now in this world where everybody is connected and everything is streaming, I think just makes it so much better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a real treat for the fans, I think. And there's a absolutely huge match at uh, Collision, which is airing this weekend, featuring Tom Lawler defending his title against Fred Rosser. And how important have those two men been to the brand's growth? You look at what each has brought and their matches against one another are truly emblematic of what New Japan Strong represents. They hit each other hard. They play for keeps. Different styles, different backgrounds, but they come together and as veterans really set the pace. You're not going to outwork a Fred Rosser. You're not going to outwork a Tom Lawler. You've got to go hard. You've got to be in the best shape. Look at what Fred Rosser has done. He's yeah. amazing. Absolutely. Um, with, with everything that he's basically put his entire life out mm. and said, this is me. This is who I am. And we all have, have great pride in him. We have incredible faith in him. Mm. And we know how talented he is. And the fans are really have gotten to see, you know, what Fred Rosser is all about over the last couple of years. That documentary is it, it, a must watch. I would invite everybody to seek that out either through YouTube or whatever. But you'll you'll really learn a whole lot more about Fred Rosser. Oh, definitely. We'll put the link to that in the show notes of the episode so people can access that nice and easily. You know, and it does feel to a certain degree that New Japan Strong has perhaps rehabilitated Fred Rosser in eyes of the fans, people that maybe only knew him from his time in WWE that maybe weren't overly enamored. And I think he's just knocked out of the park every opportunity he's been given. But that's not to diminish the fact that the reason that we're speaking about him here is because the effort and the performances these put on have been phenomenal. It has nothing right. It has nothing to do with him showing up on New Japan Strong. It had everything to do with him Mm. and his effort. And, And to your point, people were not that enamored with, you know, what he had done as Darren Young. It was, you know, a good piece. Uh, but that's going back a decade. Yeah. And now with what he's done, not relying on or reliving the past, uh, but wanting to set his own wrestling style apart, put my style against this style mm. and let's bring it together. That's what New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling has been all about for 50 years. Yeah. Antonio Inoki wanting to prove that wrestling was the king of sports, yeah. that New Japan Pro Wrestling was the <laughs> king of sports and he'd fight judokas he'd fight karate men he'd fight russian sambo he didn't care who it was he would take any fight anywhere around the world Mm. and and that let's put the best of the two styles together and you know the better man will win absolutely yeah it's lovely to see it's just about giving that platform to the phenomenal talents that are out there and so we've got this obviously huge cross-promotional event in chicago this weekend aw and new japan coming together to present forbidden door what were your thoughts when this got announced? Who would have thought a few years ago that we would be right? here? Because it, it really, for a while, it didn't seem like a Forbidden Door event would take place. 
But uh, again, a, a change of leadership in New Japan and fresh eyes and a different point of view. Tony Khan, of course, always was open to doing that. And any promoter mm-hmm. would be uh, because it's going to be good business. I mean, the United Center sold out immediately and, and we anticipate a, a large pay-per-view audience. It didn't look like it was going to happen, but it's the perfect time for it now. And uh, a lot of people have been working hard to to make this to, you know, make this into reality. And now the mm. fruits of their labor will will uh, be shown on Sunday. Yeah, it's dead exciting. And you know, like you say, it does feel like it's been a long time coming, especially when you consider that the relationship between the two companies felt very fractious in the early days. I'm just curious, do you think it's something we may have seen earlier if, you know, the conditions of the last few years might have been different, you know, with no COVID? Or is it something that really can only exist because of the couple of weird couple of years we've been through? It's an interesting question. Mm. I don't think we can look at the past couple of years in a vacuum and say directly as a result. But I think that the idea of bringing the wrestling world together for these cross promotional events as a thank you to the fans for being so patient and fans who have been starving for entertainment over the last few years, we need good news in our lives, you know, and, 100%. and these are the dream events and dream matches that fans have always talked about, but never get to see. Well, mm-hmm. let's, let's do for the fans. That's kind of what AEW really represents. And I think it's the, I think it's the perfect time for it to happen now. Yeah, of course. And from your perspective, how would you expect it to differ from previous crossovers like the New Japan ROH MSG show or perhaps the recent uh, Noah and New Japan crossover? Hmm, I think it will be. Um, I think it will be its own. I, when when ROH. And and New Japan came together, it was. There were a couple of cross crossover matches, mm. but they didn't have fans were not pining to see the best of Ring of Honor versus the best of New Japan. Uh, now they want to see it because yeah. AEW has so many established stars and household names from John Moxley and, you know, a fortunate injury to CM Punk and Brian Danielson, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And these are the names that they want to see matched up with New Japan's best. So in that regard, it kind of sets itself apart with Noah. That was a, a special event. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of wanting to work with Noah, we're kind of all under this umbrella, if you will, of streaming in Japan. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the sister company of TV side, you know, one of their sub companies is, is the ones that made the deal uh, with the, the cyber fight company to, put Noah on and and to grow their wrestle universe. So it was sort of not in house, if you will, but Mm. it was kind of like that other building over there. Let's talk with them and let's put it together. That was more of a made for television in Japan event. But uh, I think that the uh, I think Forbidden Door has the earmarkings of something that will continue. Uh, I don't see anything happening. Uh, Sunday or after that would preclude mm. the two companies from working together on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So not a one and done. No. 
So it feels like there's obviously plenty of great matches coming up on Sunday for fans to get excited about, but it also feels like there's plenty left on the table, you know, like you say about it not being a one and done. So I was curious about the potential for the Forbidden Door to swing in the opposite direction and there'd be a crossover show, but on Japanese territory. Yeah, I think things are are easing in terms of uh, getting foreign talents into Japan. There's Mm. no more... Uh, quarantine required uh there's still a limit on the number of foreigners with visas that can enter japan Mm. so it's capped at like twenty thousand a day uh they're nowhere near that number but i know that as tours are beginning Mm. to start tour touring companies are inviting tourists from all over the world to go directly through these these tour groups uh, for controlled, you know, I'm not sure I would want to do it, but you know, you sit <laughs> on a bus with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so things are easing up and I would say that we will see in the future more AEW stars coming over and competing in Japan, mm. perhaps as a follow-up for forbidden door and look at Lance Archer, for example. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, he's been kind of idling, in AEW. Yeah. And I know he's been itching to get more competition, to get more big matches. I wouldn't want to face him if I was a top <laughs> guy in AEW. He's a matchup nightmare. Somebody that big moves that well, hits that hard. No thanks. But now he's in the G1, yeah. which is another opportunity for him to prove himself. It was in the G1 three years ago where Lance Archer made his name as oh, a yeah. single star. That opened everything up for the opportunities that came for him in AEW. And now he gets to reclaim that as well. He has to prove it yep. and it's a tough field and he's in a big boy block. That's for <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, man, he is. The A block yeah. of the G1 is going to have some hoss fights in it. Oof. I love it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And it's just like you say, that really opened a lot of eyes to how good Archer could be. And I think it's going to, this is really going to remind people just how good he is as well. And, you know, hopefully a consistent place on uh, Dynamite or Rampage every week upon his return. Crowded landscape. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of uh, great athletes they have at AEW. And and so sometimes you've got to go out of house to uh, make that name, to make that reputation. Think about it. If Lance Archer goes deep in the G1, I don't think there's going to be any denying Uh, because he'll have a he'll have a number of quality wins over quality opponents, and that would certainly improve his stock with AEW. This is uh, him metaphorically being that squeaky wheel going out to the G1, and he's going to get the the oil hopefully when he comes back to uh, to AEW post right. Post and, and that's that's exactly what he's he's going to look to do. But mm. but I know that Lance has a a dream and a desire to not end his wrestling career until he is uh, an IWGP champion Mm. defending a title on Japanese soil. He had a taste, a brief taste with the U.S. title, but I know that he would love to compete for and one day win the world championship, which is not out of the question. Oh, truly. And just curious, you know, in terms of the prospect of the Forbidden Door swinging the other way and coming to Japan, are there some... AEW versus New Japan matchups you think might work better in front of a Japanese audience as opposed to an American audience? I really don't think so. Mm. Um, I think it would be, I think it's a learning curve for the Japanese audience to, to know 
who the AEW stars are. The AEW audience primarily is made up of savvy, knowledgeable wrestling fans Absolutely. who keep up on everybody and every promotion, it seems like, <laughs> so that the New Japan stars, as soon as their music hits, they go, oh, it's Tanahashi. Oh, it's the United Empire. Yes. And so they but I think in Japan, it, it, it's a little bit of, OK, now, who is this? Because mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. don't follow uh, everything. They have a company that they yeah. support. I think that's fascinating. Right. Noah fans are not New Japan fans. New Japan fans are not all Japan fans or, or mm. Dragon Gate fans. Separate fan bases, by and large. Yeah. And because of that, there will need to be some education for the audience. So a Willie Hobbs, for example, who I think would be fantastic oh, in, goodness, in New Japan. We? we would need to educate them as to who he is. Mm. And that takes a little bit of time. Of course, of course. Yeah. So that's the kind of key, key difference. So just a little break from the wrestling. We've got a, whenever we have a guest done, we have some sillier questions that we love to ask people. So Good. I love silly. Yeah. So uh, we'll get down to business. And I think, you, you know, you'll appreciate this. The first one we like to ask people, favorite pizza topping? Oh, pepperoni. Yeah. It's classic for a reason. And do you have do you have a particular style of pizza that you prefer? Because I know in America, you know, you get like deep dish, you get Detroit style. No, I like New York style. New York style pizza. Uh, there's a pizza shop. I live in central Pennsylvania. There's a pizza shop just down the road mm-hmm. that has all that New York style pizza that I love. Mm-hmm. It's flavorful. It's fantastic. You can fold the slice. You know, it's just <laughs> I, uh, there's nothing like a big, big old slice that you can sort of fold. Yeah. And and the grease from the pepperoni dripping down. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. Man after my own heart. Yes, sir. But they uh, again, there's no such thing as bad pizza. There's some toppings that I would, yes. you know, flick off <laughs> and, and leave over to the side. But uh, again, you can never go wrong with any kind of pizza. No, absolutely. And then another one we like to ask is uh, if you're diving into a 7-Eleven, what are your go to snack foods? Which 7-Eleven in the United States or in Japan? That's the thing. That's why we like to. I would love to get both whichever side of the uh, Pacific you're on. So uh, it's 7-Eleven in the United States. You go pretty much for a hot dog. Mm hmm. You get a couple of dogs, you go over to the <laughs> toppings bar, you put the mustard on, you you know, a little bit of onion, and that's all for me. Uh, nachos, it's too much of a mess in the car. Uh, you work on the perimeter of the store, though. You go to the drinks, yep. you get the hot dog, and you're out. Maybe a lottery ticket, because you never know. <laughs> no. um, in Japan, of course, convenies are a, a part of the daily routine. Yep. They don't have grocery stores on every corner like we do here in the States. And, and since people live in smaller apartments, they can't buy in bulk. Yeah. There's not like a, you know, warehouse store that they go to. <laughs> so they buy for the day or for a couple of days. You can pretty much get everything. But if you're at a 7-Eleven and you get yourself a, a fried chicken thigh, Ooh. you get yourself an egg salad sandwich with no crust on it. You get yourself a, you know, Picari sweat and a bottle of seltzer. I mean, you can't go wrong. You yeah. get a banana. Uh, maybe some uh, maybe they have very inexpensive like uh, store brand chips, which are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the, with anything in in that uh, Japanese convenience, yeah. you know, 7-Eleven Lawson's Family Mart, Deli Yamazaki, which is underrated, mm-hmm. has some good items, but very much the fourth. But, you know, Lawson Family Mart and 7-Eleven are your top three. I'm, I'm taking notes uh, for my uh, eventual honeymoon in Japan. Oh, man, <laughs> it is. 
you will never be the same after you come back from a, oh, a trip certain. to Japan as a tourist. You'll just love it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very lucky in that I've got some some friends that are living there. Um, so, you know, we get the inside track. So, yeah, dead excited. Um, very good. And then are you a karaoke fan? And if so, what are your go to songs? I am not a karaoke fan. I have a terrible singing voice. That's half the point, though. Uh, I'm I'm very much a uh, homebody. Mm -hmm. I get you after shows and when I'm not doing something. You know, quiet time mm. in the hotel room. I'm 55 years old. Yeah, I'm. No. <laughs> I'm not a karaoke guy. I'm not somebody who's out. In the, you know, to the wee hours of the morning. I'm usually tucked in bed uh, by the time the songs start uh, start flailing away. But if I had to sing, mm -hmm. I mean, I probably would try. You know, a a Pat Patterson staple. You know, <laughs> I would probably, you know, try to honor Pat with a version of My Way. Absolutely. Only because I heard him sing that song mm. probably 50 times over the years. <laughs> and uh, but but uh, karaoke is is an art in and of itself. I've been to a few and uh, there are people who they come to just sing their song yeah. and then they leave. It's like they're not there to try <laughs> a bunch of different. Oh, I no. want to see what this one is like. No, they come to sing their song and then they have a drink and they go home. And that's, it. that's fantastic. <laughs> What a, what a way to live. Yeah. And then sort of finally on the, the sillier questions front, do you have any sort of hobbies or interests outside of wrestling that fans might not be aware of? I have just gotten back into playing golf after a few years away from the sport, went out and played a few days ago and had a oh, wonderful lovely. time with my buddy, Justin. Yeah. Uh, golf has always been a, a passion of mine mm -hmm. uh, growing up in Florida and so many golf courses around oh, and worked at a couple of golf courses a few years ago when I was, you know, kind of dabbled, still dabbling in wrestling, working in ring of honor, just getting started. But, you know, working at a golf course gives you the opportunity to play for free. Yeah. So oh, you take course. a little part, you what take a, a part-time job, you work a couple of shifts and then you get to go play the course for nothing. But uh, yeah, that that's my, that's my big oh, thing. Wonderful. And uh, I would, again, if I had the money and the time that would pretty much be, all I would do. Yeah, I think your attitude to working at um, a golf course is the same as mine. I'm currently doing I do two nights a week at a bar. So I get to drink for free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> same thing. Just a different uh, a different way of getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So we'll we'll sidestep back into the to the wrestling now. So just the last couple of questions for you. So do you know if you're likely to get to call any of Forbidden Door or is that still being finalized? Just because I imagine a bit of a WWF reunion with JR might be fun. I think it will happen. Mm. I don't know how much of the show I'm going to be calling, but I would anticipate that. Well, because, you know, as we're recording this, not yeah. everything has been no. finalized for the card of Forbidden Door. So I think depending on how the matches shake out uh, and what my skill set would lend itself to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I know that Will Ospreay is going to wrestle Orange Cassidy. So I get to call an Orange Cassidy match. Oh my and, goodness. you know, I'm excited for that. Yeah, uh, I think that will just be about perfect. I hope I get to do that. Yeah. That, that, you know, that's one that I definitely want to call. But I want to work with Tony Schiavone. I want to, you oh know, want to work with Taz. Yeah, uh, of course, want to work with Excalibur. You know, we called the New Japan Cup a few years ago. We had mm. a great time. He's terrific. But uh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to just going. 
if they said, hey, Kevin, you're just sitting here on the sidelines the whole night. We might throw to you once with a little thing. Okay, cool. I get to see so many friends. I get to meet up with people. First of all, I'm going to get to meet a lot of new people Mm -hmm. and see people that I haven't seen in years, which I'm really, really excited for. What a dream. You know, actually getting to call the stuff is the just the cherry on top of the cake. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. And well, it would be lovely to hear yourself and or Chris calling the action. Chris is going to be there. I don't know if he's going to be on commentary. Mm. I know he's he's because he speaks Japanese. I think there's going to need to be Uh, some translation that's going on. So I might see if we can pull him over. Yeah, I have no idea how it's going to work. He'll be an in-demand guy. He's going to be very busy. He better. I told him you better have comfortable shoes on because you're going to be running. (laughs) That's a big building. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if the press is wanting to uh, hear from a Japanese star, Chris Mm -hmm. is going to need to be there to translate what they're saying. While at the same time, hopefully we can we can pull him in for some, you know, some of his expert analysis on uh, on the history of different things. But Yeah. yeah, he's great. And uh, I know he's excited for for going to Chicago for the first time. I'll be I'll be keeping uh, fingers crossed that we get to sort of see him pop up. And I'm hoping for the the Chris Samza shout out. You know, there'll be some stats as well. Absolutely. We always have to plug <laughs> Chris Samson at the Chris Samson on Twitter, sportofprowrestling.com. Yeah, he's he knows his stuff. And the New Japan guys seem really energized about when they've appeared on AEW TV, from your perspective, what's the vibe been like from the New Japan locker room side? Uh, everybody enjoys it. They like it. They get treated well. Uh, they a lot of times they get to wrestle against different people in mm. front of a different audience. Mm. Uh, the the travel is the travel. Yeah. And, course. you know, we are used to it. Those of us that have to travel to Japan and some of those guys don't spend a lot of time on airplanes, let no. alone you know, 12, 13, 14 hours and a connecting flight uh, from Japan to the United States. Mm. So it's different for them, but they love to get out and show the world just, you know, what they've been doing Mm. and how good they are. They take great pride in in their work and their effort. And again, spreading the gospel of of New Japan Pro Wrestling to fans all around the world. Yeah, I think for me, it's been just enjoyed seeing so much Aussie Open turning up after sort of following their careers very closely here in the UK. I think from when, from when they very first showed up on our shores to where they are today, it's just so exciting. It's so, you know, so happy for them. It's like seeing your favorite little local band become filling arenas. It's, uh, I've been telling people for years that Aussie Open is the best tag team you may oh. have not heard of. And they might be the best tag team in the United Empire. Uh, you know, and, and Cobb and O'Connor, the champs yeah. right now, I, there's the United empire is sickly stocked oh, with, with talent. Now with TJP and Francesco Akira is the junior heavyweight champions. Uh, Will Osprey is the U S champion, uh, tag team champions in the heavyweight division, plus the best tag team that might be. And again, when, when you look at FTR and Cobb and O'Con and Rapongi vice, that's going to be electrifying. I, oh, I can't so wait much. to call. I get to call an FTR. Hopefully get to call an FTR match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that first time. First time meeting them. I want to shake their hands and tell them how much I've enjoyed what they've done mm-hmm. over the years because they have put tag team wrestling back as a focus. Yes. Uh, it's something that the Dudley boys always wanted to do. Yeah. Dudley boys wanted to main event WrestleMania and, and rightfully so. They wanted to show that tag teams could sell out arenas, sell out venues. And that's what FTR is doing Mm. along with the young bucks and along with all the other great teams in AEW. uh, Obviously 
FTR and the IWGP junior or heavyweight tag team champions and Rapongi Vice. It's a, you know, what a great matchup. That's oh, absolutely. Be. I think that's one I'm certainly very excited for. I've, you know, been a fan of um, Rocky since his very early ROH days back in 2000. I want to say 2003, 2004. He was a 25-year veteran by the time you started watching him. The man started wrestling in the 60s, I think. He's <laughs> much older than he looks. No, I'm kidding. But his his career has been remarkable, and yeah. what a resurgence over the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, be rooting for him, no doubt. And I think, so, you know, you've been very generous with your time, so I've got one last question for you, and then I'll let you get on with your, your evening. Okay. You might be too modest to admit this, but English commentary has had an absolutely huge impact, I feel, on... New Japan's global presence. From your end, does a huge event like this on US soil, partnering with a giant promotion, represent the culmination of your efforts, do you think? And thank you for that. I, I think partly. I play a very, I play an important part. Mm. But if I'm not talking about Tanahashi and Okada and Naito and Switchblade Jay White and Will Ospreay and Shingo and <laughs> on and on and on, Tomohiro Ishii, you know, if I'm not talking about those guys, uh, then I don't know if my efforts would have the same effect. Sure. Um, it's the stars that have carried this company mm. and have brought it to the heights that it currently is today. Um, I'm, I'm proud of what I have been able to do, proud of the stories that I've been able to tell, call the matches, get these fans you know, excited about somebody new, something different. You know, when I hear, oh, I started watching at Wrestle Kingdom and now I'm hooked. Oh, I mean, uh, you always love when the tape traders say, oh, I've, I've, uh, you know, I only ever used to watch Japanese commentary, but now because there's value in what you bring, yeah. Kevin and Chris, I've decided to watch that. That's a great, yeah. you know, pat on the back. So for longtime fans, for brand new fans, we just always have to bring value to what we do. If we're there just saying the move names mm -hmm. in English, well, what's the point? Because everybody yeah. knows the names of the moves, but we got to tell the hows and the whys. And we got to remind people of the history and the reason why this match is so important and how history is setting up uh, what we're seeing in the present time. You know, when I called just uh, calling uh, Taiji Shimori versus Hiromu Takahashi, as we were talking about earlier on, the callbacks to different, moments in their career you know the 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 main event at cork and best of super junior 25 and those guys tore the house down one of the matches of the year to now come full circle jingu stadium the shoulder and then what happened during the 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 best of super junior this year with with the you know how hiroma was able to counter and overcome and 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 send ishimori uh send himself hiroma into the finals yeah. And, and Ishimori was, you know, came in as the points leader. Hiromu needed the win and got it. So those are the important things that we do. And I'm just proud to be a part of it. Yeah. I don't think you could have two people more passionate about what they're talking about than, than you and Chris. And it's, it's honestly lovely to see. Well, Gino's going to be very upset when I tell him what you said. Well, Gino too, of course. Gino, Gino does his run-ins every now and then, especially when uh, Doki has the Doki Choki applied. <laughs> That's, I, I do love that. Uh, so I actually used to live just outside of Melbourne in Australia for a year. And so I, I've actually seen uh, Gino slash Mr. Juicy perform on countless occasions. I'm very sorry. No wonder why you <laughs> left Australia. <laughs> yeah, I had to, got out of them as soon as, uh, as soon as I could. Yeah, you know, with the chicken bucket on his head. <laughs> it was, I, again, he's... Uh, 
I love Gino so much. I absolutely love him. He tickles me to no end. Yeah. You can really tell that the three of you have a lot of fun together. <laughs> oh, the best was Chris had he either blocked Gino on Twitter or he didn't <laughs> wasn't following him or something like oh, that. Goodness. And Gino got so mad. Oh no. He was legit pissed. And so I, of course, had to bring it up. Yeah. He tells me this and confident. Oh, what is name Follow me, whatever it was. <laughs> And so I had to go, but Chris, what's the story up here? <laughs> and just oh, no. you guys hash it out. Come on. Here we go. Oh, poor, poor, uh, poor Chris. Yeah, I know. But that's and, and to his credit. Chris was like, nah, the, you know, no reason. Just don't feel like <laughs> following him. And uh, Gino was even more mad. But um, yeah. So uh, having had different voices all throughout mm. the years, you know, Caprice Coleman was a part of it. Now, yeah. I, I, you know, some of what me getting to work with him, I think, set the stage for what he and Ian were doing in Ring of Honor. And I yeah. hope they get to continue when when Ring of Honor gets relaunched again and working with Excalibur, you know, working with different people over the years, working with Rocky, working with Juice a couple of years ago in the mm -hmm. Best of Super mm -hmm. Junior Tournament. All of that has been just great fun and yeah. getting these other voices on where a lot of times they're not in their comfort zone. They're comfortable mm. in the ring. They're comfortable doing yeah. the physical side. I don't know about doing commentary. Trust me, you'll be great. <laughs> just listen to me and follow me mm. and just speak from the heart. And yeah. and when they do, it it works out perfectly. And, and again, it's more value for the fans. Truly, yeah. It's always really nice getting to hear, you know, a plethora of different voices. But I think having that anchor as well, the fan, that voice that's an anchor to the products, to fans, is vitally important too. Gareth, I just got to keep the boat going straight. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to point the course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute treat talking to you, Kevin. Same here. Best of luck for Sunday. I'm sure you're going to absolutely smash it, no matter what they have you doing. And uh, look forward to hearing you calling New Japan for many, many, many years to come. Thank you very much. The, uh, you know, the G1 gets started on July 16th. And we'll have live English commentary for every single G1 event. I'll be heading back over again. And uh, it goes all the way. It goes from the middle of July to the middle of August in the absolute worst heat imaginable. Oof. But having the, having the G1 back in the summertime exactly where it should be is, is the best. And uh, this year's field of 28 is going to be, un, uh, you know, is going to be remarkable. Four blocks of seven. Uh, the matches are out now, so everybody can can start to see like, OK, who does mm -hmm. when does Okada wrestle Cobb night one? When does <laughs> uh, you know, when does uh, Tanahashi wrestle uh, JY? When does this match happen? When does that match mm -hmm. happen? You'll be able to, you know, again, kind of plot your course. And we hope yeah. you could be there for most, if not all of the tournament. This is the one where I say you put your life on hold for a month. <laughs> you forgive the wife. You forgive the husband. You just say, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm, you know, my day, my night, my life is going to be consumed with G1 Climax tournament action from New Japan. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. And um, where can people follow you, Kevin? Give me a follow on uh, Twitter at Real Kevin Kelly or on Instagram. I post there occasionally as well under the same Real Kevin Kelly. Uh, but spend most of my uh, time trying to avoid Twitter. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. Please give me a shout out. Let me know that you heard this interview and uh, what you think of my uh, my pizza selection. And if you have any suggestions or advice for karaoke or perhaps, you know, some new golf equipment you're looking yeah. to part with. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll be back after this. 
And we're back. Oh, what a delight Kevin is. Such an easy listen, I thought. And some really interesting, mm. noteworthy bits of information yeah. I hadn't heard before, particularly the relationship with Noah and New Japan and how that show came about. Yes. I don't think I'd heard that anywhere else before, no, no, so no. maybe a bit of an exclusive. First time for me as well. I loved getting to a bit of a inside scoop on Kevin, asking him our usual run of sillier questions. <laughs> yeah i thought he, he took it in really good faith didn't he yeah. it was good fun with all that and yeah. i also loved the fact that when you asked him about the 7-eleven he's like well where are you talking about yeah yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking japan we're talking the u.s yeah because obviously yeah, he different. had his answers for both yeah yeah, yeah. It, like i don't think i could have thrown anything at him that would have uh, thrown him off of his game really unflappable Anybody that speaks for a living or that aspires to speak for a living, he's aspirational in every sense of the word. Mm. You know, he's a, a silky operator. I was I was very impressed and, and thoroughly enjoyed that. So good on you, mate. Right. So that's Forbidden Door. That's going down on Sunday. It is a cross-promotion show with All Elite Wrestling. Uh, if you're checking out internationally, for most countries anyway, you can check it out on Fight TV. It's probably the best way to do it. Certainly the way that I'm going to be doing it. In the US, it's a little bit different. I think you have to go through your cable providers or however that works. Bleacher Report, BR Live. Yeah. Not that we're not catering for you guys, but it's uh, it's a Sorry. it's a minefield, you know. Yeah, <laughs> got to pay fifty bucks for the pleasure. They simplify it for us international <laughs> folks. <laughs> but anyway, I'm really looking forward to that show. We may touch upon it uh, next week. Uh, if we have time, but there's loads yeah. and loads going on. But anyway, thanks again to Kevin and to New Japan Pro Wrestling for setting that one up for us. Um, Gee, before we go, you went to see Pro Wrestling Eve. I did, yeah. Uh, so I was very lucky. I was in London over the weekend, the 18th, 19th June, anyway, for a uh, stag slash pendu and had a lovely time at that, but found myself free Sunday afternoon and the Airbnb we stayed in was 13 minutes walk from the 229, the, the venue that Eve operate out of now. So I thought it'd be rude not to. So I called in for show three of the She Won and I had an absolute blast. Oh, that's so cool. I'm really glad you got to see that because you were so close anyway. And yes. Look, you've got some great names on there too. Oh, I'd really been lamenting the fact that I might not be able to get to go yet be so close i would yeah. absolutely would love to have been there for all four shows but wasn't to be other commitments come before wrestling well, we had originally talked about it hadn't we you know yeah. we both said that we, we were thinking about going to that Mm-mm. i admittedly hadn't realized that one of the days was on father's day and i think the fact that they planned one of their biggest events of the year on father's day has some quite sinister subtext with regards to their thoughts on the uh, prospects of you male fans out there so uh, <laughs> what you know, dads t- love wrestling <laughs> evidence you're exhibit a mate yeah i know but the, the dads have got commitments <laughs> you, you think i'm getting to an eve show on father's definitely. day definitely well not until i convert my daughter into a pro wrestler yeah, there we go. Course, of her own volition but yeah no it was a real treat for me i was just super keen to get to see Asuka or um you know she's promoted as venny on this show oh, and getting to see takumi or O'Hara as well you know who we both absolutely fell in love with when she competed in the five-star Grand Prix last year. Mm, yeah, 100%. And of course, the, the big news coming out of it was the winner, uh, none other than Alex Windsor, who had an absolute banger against Shoko Nakajima when you and I went mm. to Eve a couple of months ago. I'd be very surprised that didn't feature highly on the uh, favourite matches of the year list come, come December. Oh, God, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if it works the same way in other jurisdictions like in Australia or the US or indeed Japan, but certainly over here, I've noticed that 
a particular wrestler will suddenly catch fire and it feels like they win belts everywhere. <laughs> you know, um, a good example is Cara Noir. Before everything shut down, Cara was winning in progress. He was winning over in WXW in Germany. Mm. He's winning up and down in the country. Um, CCK, another good example. Yeah. You know, um, Brooks and Lycos cleaned up, didn't they, for People a period just catch of time? Light. Yeah. Pete Dunn, when he initially really caught fire as a singles wrestler. Yeah. And that's very much what's happening right now with Alex Windsor. She's very much in vogue. You yeah. know, if you're putting out your starting 11 for the World Cup of wrestlers, she's very much England's number nine, mm. I would say. Um, and just deserved as well. She's so, so good. Yeah. Um, I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather represent us on the international stage no. at a second. And the match with Maki Ito, uh, the forthcoming uh, huge Tokyo Joshi Pro Summer Show, that's going to be massive. There's crazy, crazy matches. That card is off the charts. I'd been really curious. Like Every time they announced another international participant for Summer Sun Princess 2022, I was just like, they still haven't announced who's faced it because I knew it was going to be somebody international for the international princess title and i was like why you know who's it gonna be i'm desperate to know and i didn't dream that it would be alex and so glad that no. she's getting her roses you know she's getting this opportunity yeah 100 percent. especially after everything that her and her family have, have kind of been through her hiatus you know everything you know it's great to see her thriving and flying and yet yeah, just being all around one of the best in the world right now yeah i couldn't agree more and let's also talk about We've got, uh, obviously, Thunder Rosa is mm. going to be going over. Interestingly, I actually had the opportunity to speak to Rosa for an article I was writing for Inside the Ropes, and we got on to TJPW, and, you know, she was quite quite uh, firm on wanting to go back and get her title yeah. back from Makita. So I felt sure she was going to be the one. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know she's uh, she's up in the in in the clouds with me master. That's going to be absolutely bonkers. The one that I'm super duper excited about, and I think I messaged you saying this is choice matchmaking, <laughs> is me Watanabe, aka the Truth, against Willow Nightingale. Sign me up. Let's see the swing. Let's yeah. go. This is going to be crazy. Yeah. I can't wait for that match. Willow is such a great pick to go oh, to TGPW. So just about so just good. about the best unsigned female wrestler from the States I could think of to, to go out there. I think so. And I suppose like Alex, maybe to a lesser degree, but she's definitely someone who you can see, you know, palpable momentum. Yeah, you can really yeah. see it. You know, she's getting those opportunities on AEW and Ring of Honor and so on and so forth yeah. and popping up all over the indies. It's only a matter of time for her, isn't it? You know, I think it's not it's not if, it's when. We'll enjoy her whilst we can. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, well, I'd love to see her turn up over here. Absolutely. But, you know, if these companies keep doing cross-promotion shows of AEW, yeah. then who knows? We can keep talking about them. Um, mm. So that's very exciting indeed. Anyway, nice to just check in on that. I do think this TJPW show is you know, shaping up to be one of the finest of the year. 100%. I think they've really gone all out. They're pushing the boat out on the international thing, leveraging off the success of Cyberfight Festival. And it's very, very exciting. It'd be intriguing to see how it continues from here. And I also, you know, from a domestic point of view, I love seeing these UK wrestlers getting an opportunity. Mm. Rio obviously went out and did very, very well indeed. Alex is now going out. Look, man, I'm not saying we're back, but it kind of feels like we're back a little yeah. bit. You know, we're getting there. People kind of shut down the scene like, you know, it's, it's rubbish and forgot exactly 
what sort of fire was coming out of these aisles, you know, a couple of years ago before everything went badly, badly wrong. They're still good wrestlers here, really mm-hmm. good wrestlers here. And it's nice to see them finally coming back to the fore. I'd be interesting to see who makes that jump from the men's side. You know, if we're looking at a similar trajectory, Chris Ridgway kind of feels like the guy at the second, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. picking up Golden Noah, he's the progress champion now. So, you know, he feels like he's the guy that's kind of flying the flag. But, you know, there's so many other good folks over here. It'd be interesting to see who who crosses the pond and who starts yeah. to make waves. Any ideas? Like, like, who would you like to see it be? Well, I'd love to see Karanawai elsewhere. I'd yeah. be really intrigued because I, I kind of feel like he did everything in that period of time. And I would be really intrigued to see how other audiences take to Karanawai. I can't quite put my finger on where the ideal destination for him would be because he is quite a unique act but i think he would be successful wherever yeah you know put him in the pwg i think you do okay ddt yeah absolutely that's a great show sunshine machine that'd be good fun um tk and mambo you know they're a great tag team so that'd be a lot of fun as well there's a lot of guys man shout out to my boy english lion eddie ryan um let's get the lion on some international shows but there's there's loads of folks and you know uh, it's nice to see that the door is starting to swing open that way mm. and you know yes we're getting some great wrestlers over here popping up in shows like eve and wrestle carnival and places like that but also we're getting to see some of those guys spread their wings a little bit stretch yeah. their legs internationally it's good stuff uh did you see as well not brit rest but did you see we're getting uh joey janella out to ddt yeah man that's been a long time coming yeah that's been a long time coming a really good yeah. fit yeah i'm excited about that i believe his debut match is a hardcore match against uh shinma oh it's a nice easy one to, <laughs> <laughs> to get acclimatized <laughs> that'll be great that'll be great like janela, janela can do bits it's going to be good i'm looking forward to it so yeah i think cyberfire got the right idea mm. they're they're clearly embracing the globalization of wrestling once mm. again post travel restri- restrictions and i think that's a good thing yeah absolutely anyway right let's wrap this thing up because we've gone on for ages all right gang well look enjoy the weekend plenty of wrestling on as always tweet us email us let us know what you're watching what we should be watching anything that we've missed we always like to hear your picks um hit us up on the socials we're on instagram and twitter it's at wrestling pod that's wrestling about the e can email us wrestlingpod at gmail.com wrestlingpod.com is the place to find all the links you could possibly need if you want to forward this podcast onto a friend or pal who you think might enjoy the content or to like or leave a review on your podcast platform of choice you will find the links there as well as our personal twitters come hang out with us as well that would be great we always love interacting with you guys and i think that pretty much wraps everything up so gang in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the grabs. Mm-hmm.